Hello, this is Dan Jones from St. Michael's in Colony, New York. I'm grateful for the opportunity to share this talk with you, and I pray you're blessed and encouraged by it. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. So said Obi-Wan Kenobi in that classic 1977 film, Star Wars. He was speaking to the evil Darth Vader during their lightsaber confrontation. Of course, since he was evil, Darth Vader couldn't help himself, and when Obi-Wan switched off his lightsaber, Darth did indeed strike him down. Now, I just assume that he became more powerful than Darth Vader could imagine, because the only thing I remember about Obi-Wan after that was his heavy reverb voiceovers that usually came when Luke Skywalker needed some encouragement, like when he would say, Read your Bible, Luke. Well, maybe that's not an exact quote. I haven't watched the movie in a while. We'll come back to Star Wars in a bit. But speaking of more power than you can possibly imagine, I want to talk to you today about the power of God. I don't think a lot of Christians have a good grasp on what the power of God is all about, especially as it relates to our walk with Christ on this earth right now. When most people think about the power of God, they think of raw demonstrations of power like a hurricane or a tornado. Now, I hate to bring this up, but I don't believe that so-called natural disasters come directly from the hand of God. I think they are actually the work of Satan, but I digress. We seem to always think of the power that destroys. The bombing of Hiroshima at the end of World War II comes to mind when a nuclear bomb incinerated about 70,000 people almost, almost instantaneously. That was certainly a display of power. Last week, we here in the Albany area were reminded that even with all our amazing technology, we are constantly at the mercy of nature, let's call it, as some very destructive winds blew through here for just a few minutes. But it took over three days to get everybody, everybody's electricity back on. Our wonderful systems are really quite fragile. But for you and me, the power of God is really a very different thing, at least in our experience. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, 17 and 18, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. Paul is concerned lest his manner of presenting the gospel, doing it in a way that seeks to impress the listener with his great education and fancy words, would actually diminish the real power of the cross of Jesus Christ. What is this power of the cross that Paul is talking about? Think for a moment of the cross 
of the act of crucifying somebody. The, the victim was literally impaled on wood. His body was attached to the cross in such a way that he could not get loose. It was a horrible way to kill somebody and caused the person to be utterly helpless as he slowly died a very painful death. When you saw someone being crucified, the last thing you would think would be that the victim was demonstrating great power. The crucified man was in utter weakness. And yet, Paul calls the cross of Jesus the power of God. To understand this, we must go deeper into this event on a spiritual level. When Jesus was arrested, he said, When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. And earlier on that night, we're told that at the Last Supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. Not only these, but other scriptures make it clear that Satan instigated the crucifixion of Jesus. Now, you may be thinking, I thought it was all the plan of God. It was. But God the Father didn't crucify his son. Instead, as we're told in Romans 8, 32, God did not spare his own son, but gave him up or delivered him up for us all. God turned Jesus over to those who killed him. He knew their hearts. He knew the evil and the hatred that possessed them. And he knew that given the chance, the devil would not be able to help himself, just like Darth Vader could not help but strike down Obi-Wan when he turned off his lightsaber. That is the nature of evil. When the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, Peter took out a sword to defend him, but Jesus told him to put his sword away. Do you think, Jesus said, that I cannot appeal to my Father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels. But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? Jesus could have spoken a word, and his Father would have delivered him from his enemies. But God had a purpose in what his enemies were doing. God has the amazing ability to turn the works of darkness against the purposes of the devil. That's why the Bible extols the infinite wisdom of God. You just can't beat him. So the cross shows the power of God because in crucifying Jesus, Satan expended all of his wicked energy and so was rendered powerless. Because Jesus was innocent, not deserving of death because of his purity, Death could not hold him, and on the third day he rose victorious. God directed me to this topic in the early morning hours when I was still lying in bed in the darkness. Later, when I got up to read the daily readings, here was a verse I had never really noticed from the Old Testament prophecy of Micah, chapter 7, verse 8. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I 
will rise. Isn't that great? Satan struck down our Lord, but his moment of apparent victory was very short. For on the third day, Jesus marched in total triumph from the tomb, alive forevermore. And he says to us, because I live, you shall live also. Pardon me while I shout. Now, by faith, that power over Satan is available to all of us who look to Jesus, who trust his finished work on Calvary to deliver us from sin. Now, how is God's power, the power of the cross, expressed in our daily lives? How is it expressed in our walk here and now with Jesus? Well, while Satan was defeated on the cross, his day of utter destruction is yet future. In the meantime, he continues his lying ways, seeking to tempt us away from total faith in Christ. Faith is that vital element without which we cannot please God. We cannot live for God or serve God. Satan's goal is to destroy our faith and thereby our effectiveness as witnesses for Christ. Jesus warned us, in this world, you will have trouble, all kinds of trouble. And if we focus on these troubles, and especially if we start asking, why us? Why should we Christians suffer since we're trying to live right? Then Satan will get an advantage. Instead, in our troubles, we must rely on the power of God. We are never guaranteed that God's power will just eliminate all of our trials and difficulties. What we are guaranteed is the power to endure, to keep our faith. Paul prayed for the Colossian Christians in chapter 1 saying, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The power of God is available to us that we might endure all that may come our way in this broken world, in this world of trouble and turmoil, all the suffering we may be called on to pass through. And we don't endure with a hangdog, woe-is-me attitude. We endure in joy and victory. God's power gives us endurance and patience with joy. Just before his crucifixion, Jesus said to those nervous disciples, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. He was about to be tortured to death, and yet he was concerned about their joy. What a Savior. If we rely on God's power, if we keep our eyes on Jesus and glory in the cross, then nothing that happens to us will move us away from faith in God. We will triumph. 1 John 5 and verse 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. My friend, if you are living in fear today, 
Perhaps it's because you've never fully comprehended the infinite power of the cross of Jesus Christ, the cross on which he defeated the enemy of your soul. Fear is the opposite of faith. Faith destroys fear. Look to Jesus. Fix your eyes, the eyes of your heart, on him and on the blessed hope that he holds out to all who give their lives to him. Precious Lord Jesus Christ, I am so grateful and we are so grateful, Lord, that you took up your cross, that you surrendered to the Father's will, that you might take up the cross, that the Father delivered you over to the powers of darkness who killed you. But that death brought us victory. And on the third day, Jesus walked out of the tomb in glory and in power. Lord God, I pray that those listening to me today, Lord, especially as they experience troubles and turmoils and temptations and difficulties in this world, that they will know that by the power of God, they can be victorious. Their faith can be strong. They can keep their eyes on Jesus and know that there is a blessed hope that one day this world as it is, with all of its troubles, with its brokenness, with its sin, with its disease, with its disasters, and all the things that are a part of the world as we know it today, will one day come to an end when Jesus comes back to establish that beautiful and eternal kingdom wherein dwelleth righteousness. We thank you for all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. My friend, please contact me if you have a question or a comment. And my email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you, and may he bless and strengthen your faith.